This is the show you're looking for if you're into urban exploration. If you want tips and tricks on how to do it better, if you want to hear some crazy stories, tune in. This is No Tracers. Step into the world of decay, abandonment, and chaos. The story of an urban explorer starts here at the beginning. Welcome to the podcast you've been looking for all along. This is No Tracers. Here, we take only photos. We leave only footprints. And remember, leave no trace. What's up? Welcome to No Tracers. I'm your host, K, just the letter K. I'm known as No Tracers. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I have a website, notracers.com. Go peruse all the things. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of No Tracers. This week, I am speaking with Kendra, aka All Crops Are Bastards. You can find her on Instagram. Her photography is dope. I actually met up with her at the Urban Exploring Boxing Fight up in Detroit that we did a little while ago and wanted to have her on the show for a while and we finally got it to happen. Super stoked for this episode. Before we get into it, just a couple things. First of all, thank you for supporting No Tracers. This year is going to be absolutely insane. Can't wait to hear some more stories, some crazier stories. If you want to come on No Tracers, you can actually just DM me at no.tracers on Instagram, or you can shoot me an email, contact at notracers.com. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. If you do want to support the podcast, if you've listened to a couple episodes and you like the show, please leave a rating and feedback on the show. Take a screenshot of that. DM it to me at no.tracers on Instagram. And I will send you a free signed photo print for supporting the show. Thanks for doing that, guys. I appreciate it. If you didn't know, I have a new YouTube channel, No Tracers Urbex. You can go check that out. You can see my videos. You can see video versions of the podcast as well on that channel. If you're interested in that, I would highly recommend going over there. You can see my blog and my photos and my stories at notracers.com. Pick up some merch, pick up my photography books, whatever you want. Before we get into the show, I need to thank our partner, Liquid Death Mountain Water. If you guys have never heard of Liquid Death, well, it's canned water. My goal, one of my goals in 2023 is to drink more water and murder my thirst with Liquid Death. If you want to give it a try, go to liquiddeath.com, get a case of water or however many you want. They have still, sparkling, and three flavors of water. And you can use code just the letter K for 10% off your order. Links down in the description. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. In addition, if you are looking for a new backpack, I highly recommend Wandered Bags. So I am now an affiliate with Wandered, which is super cool. So I do get a commission if you guys buy a Wandered Bag. I also have some gear recommendations down in the description. If you are interested in that kind of stuff, definitely go check out those links. And I do get a little bit of kickback if you use my link. So thank you for doing that. Appreciate you guys. All right, without further ado, Kendra, please introduce yourself and how long you've been exploring to the No Tracers audience. Uh, My name is Kendra, also known as All Crops Are Bastards on Instagram. Um, I don't know exactly how long I've been exploring. It's kind of one of those things where I think like a lot of the other guests you've had, it's just always been a thing for me. Like it started young and I always thought that... um, kind of old decrepit buildings were interesting. And uh, it's gotten, I guess, more and more severe as I got older. uh, And I got more and more interested into it. And definitely like 
right around uh, COVID time is where um, my hobby turned into a straight on obsession. I feel like that was a for a lot of people, you know, they could say the same about that. COVID was when this podcast started. It, it came yep. out of the the pandemic because I was like, well, what? I don't even know if I can go outside. Like, I don't know right? what's happening, but like I can talk to other people <laughs> that love what I love. And that's where this podcast came from. But for you, like, so I want to start here. Where did your username come from? <laughs> um. Okay. So because I started going out and just taking a crap load of photos um in 2020 i had my instagram was just my personal instagram for a long time mm-hmm. and it was a different name and i was like i gotta come up with something more because all i've posted for months now is like old abandoned everything's so i was like well i need something that's like more photo-y <laughs> and so i have a lot of friends who are very punny uh both funny and into puns and so i reached out to them and i was kind of like workshopping some stuff and one of them's like well what's like the best and worst parts of Instagram. And I was like, the worst is definitely the crop. The crop is like a huge issue. And so of course, like we had George Floyd and BLM and uh, you know, ACAB was always, it seems like it's always been a thing. Yeah. So um, one of my best friends came up with all crops are bastards. And oh, I was like, yeah. well, it's timely and it makes sense. Damn. And I believe in it a hundred percent because Damn. there's nothing worse than the crop on Instagram. <laughs> It's brilliant. It's brilliant. No, I, you know, I've been looking at it for weeks and I'm like, the fuck? Where did this come from? I had to There's ask. people that are like, do you hate crops? Because like I'm in the Midwest and I'm like, no, dude, corn's the best. <laughs> corn but like it's shit. about Instagram. We, we I swear. love a grain, you know? Like, yeah. We're all Yeah, we're it. really into soy here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, so what was your first explore ever? Can you take us into that? Um, When... I was really young. Uh, again, growing up in the Midwest, you've got a lot of like kind of farm barn yeah. type properties. Um, I went into a old, I believe it was a old abandoned slaughterhouse. It was just pretty much on a farm, a long building that was falling apart. And you could see that there were some sort of like metal corrals in there somewhere. Uh, so it definitely stored animals at, in some section of it. And I remember thinking like, this is absolutely insane like being in a space and being like young you know you don't have these full-fledged thoughts yet but you're just like I don't belong here people used to be here other things used to be here and now they're not and that's such like a strange feeling and then as I got older and obviously could speak words better um, it was more of a situation where I'm like this kind of strange detachment feeling from like the antithesis of society like I live in Chicago and so I'm around people everywhere I go all the time so being in any space where there's no one else or just one or two other people seems really strange. Yeah. You know what is interesting that I've talked to my partner about this recently. Uh, so we were in Detroit. You know, we did this boxing fight. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we were in some abandoned places, you know, and the last time I was in Detroit, I went into an abandoned school, uh, the Highland Park School. I don't have a problem saying it. Everybody knows it, whatever. Yeah. So we were in that school. And part of it has since burned down, which is super unfortunate. Uh, the theater and that really sucks. But um, the so I went to that school, and then this last time I was just in Detroit. Um, my partner took me to her old like middle school, high school. They were co- combined, so we were walking mm-hmm. around the halls of this school while they school was in session. But she's an alumni, so she can like walk around. Right, and we had literally just come from like an abandoned church. Like we literally went from an abandoned place to an active place. And I felt this like disconnect. And I was like, 
wait, am I allowed to be here right now? Like, do you ever right? like leave a bando and then go to like a really active area and you're just like, feel, you just feel weird and like out of place? Totally. Like, especially, I mean, you know, we were in Detroit together yeah. for the boxing thing. Like, you know, after boxing, we went and grabbed food right. and we're a giant table <laughs> in a restaurant full of people. And it's like the most weirdly off-putting like need to recalibrate and adjusting kind of moment yeah. where you were there you know again we were with a pretty big group for exploring sure. but all of a sudden we're like plopped down the middle of every table in the restaurant <laughs> full kind of thing and it's really almost like in, it's like instantaneously confusing where you kind of have to reset your brain and be like no you can be here and these people are supposed to be here too and you're allowed to be here and everything's fine it, you're good it's such a weird thing to like have to re it's almost like so I grew up overseas and when I came mm -hmm. back to America I had like reverse culture shock it's kind of like <laughs> that you know you like almost have a culture shock when you go back into society after you're in a yeah. bando it's just fascinating totally I feel like people won't it, understand unless they do what we do <laughs> for sure and like it also is louder yeah like in surround sound mm -hmm. whereas like when you're somewhere really quiet it's almost like your ears, because also you're not supposed to be there. Right. Um, your ears kind of get like tuned to every single creak and old building sound and possible crunchy footstep or anything. And when you're someplace like a restaurant, it's like almost, you know, like like a wash over you, like a tidal wave of sound yeah. where you're just like you hear everything all the time until your body like readjusts to being around people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of the weirdest things I've experienced. And I haven't actually talked about that on the podcast before. So I'm I'm glad we brought that up and, and talked about that a little bit. And, you know, I think it's fascinating how when we're in these buildings, like like you said, your your ears kind of adjust to the silence and you pick up on other things. Same with your eyes. You know, like if it's a dark mm -hmm. building, we pick up our, our eyes adapt. You know, we're very like adaptable creatures as humans. And, you know, in, in these buildings, I've, I've never in any other instance experienced that kind of uh, power of my senses as I have in abandoned buildings. I think the only thing that like would come close to it to me would be like camping somewhere, oh, sure. like not in a campground, but like out in the woods, yeah. like, you know, one or two other people with you, like in a tent or your, you know, couple tents or whatever, where it's just like really dark and it's like light of the moon kind of shit. Mm -hmm. So you hear everything, every crunch of every single stick. You're just like, oh, what is that? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> sure. But like, you're, it's like primal senses. Yeah. They like come to the surface in these places. Yeah. So can you talk about like the mentality of an urban explorer? Like what makes you keep going back to these places? Oh God, I'm so obsessed. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's, I mean, everyone does it for different reasons, right? Like everyone's kind of got their own mentality. There's different groups of thought, I guess, in the community, but for me, um, it's exhilarating. I mean, it's it's almost like being addicted to drugs or, you know, anything where you have like this bucket list item and you're so obsessed with it. And you're like, you figure it out. You know, you saw someone's photo. You figured out where it was. You plan the trip there. You find the way in. You get inside. You get your shots. You wander around. You're just like really taken in the moment. And then it's over. And it's like it's really cool but also like, what's the next big thing? So it's kind of like this thing that rolls over consistently where like, I'm always like fulfilled by the explore, but there's always some other bucket list item. And because there's always so many more places and the world is so full of these places and every you know, city and state and country has kind of a different tone to their abandoned buildings. Um, it's just like, how could you stop? 
Yeah. It's kind of like the Pokemon mentality. Like, I have to catch them all. I know I'm not going to, but God, do I want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. You got to explore them all. You know, it's a real, yeah. it's a real th I'm going to make a theme song. Oh, my God. Perfect. Oh, my God. Done. The urban exploring theme song, but it's like po the Pokemon theme song, but for, oh, my God, it's happening. We're I love it. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have a certain type of building you prefer to explore, like churches or asylums? Do you have like a preference? Um... It's not quite a building, but I found my, and I haven't done a ton of them, but I find that I have a weird proclivity to amusement parks. Mm. Um, they're, it, it's like a movie. I mean, it just feels like, I mean, each one of these places has their own kind of bizarre feel to them. You know, not all churches feel the same, but you kind of get like a church vibe or like a, a you know, abandoned mall vibe, um, which is my second favorite. Mm -hmm. um, but uh Amusement parks are just kind of out of this world because I think to be built as something that people are to populate and to enjoy, they already have to be kind of, you know, bizarre right. and entertaining and, and strange in their creation. And so to see these like giant, you know, buildings and huge roller coasters and just rides and crazy colors that they use, um, with no one around anymore is just even more like it just like throws me off completely and i just i don't know it in with i think the same thing probably with malls too right like yeah. there's something where you know there'd be thousands of people in the holiday season and you're the only person in that entire facility yeah. is just like mind-boggling yeah it's crazy you know and even like you know i'll go as far as say like dead malls like are yeah. also super wacky, you know, because like they're almost abandoned, but they're not quite, they just haven't quite crossed over into that side of it yet. And they still usually have some sort of power and like yeah. a, a terrible buzzing fluorescent yeah. light, which, you know, really sets the vibe on and, that. And like the Macy's is like hanging on for dear life. <laughs> yeah. They're just trying to keep it going, but there's, or like a fucking Dillard's, you know, who goes yep. to Dillard's mm -hmm. anymore? They're still trying. On the last trip I went to, I saw more closed Dillard's <laughs> than like anywhere I've ever been in my life. And I was like, this still exists yeah. like as a chain somewhere. Yeah. I just watched a documentary on Dillard's and like the rise and fall of Dillard's. And I was like, this really? is. Yeah. I don't know. Where I, was that? It was like bright. Like Hulu or Netflix? No, it was on YouTube. It was like, you know, oh, okay. bright side films or whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll see if I can find the link and send it to you. But it was fascinating. It was like about the guy that made Dillard's and like all that stuff and like how it you know started out as like a one store in one small town and then he like put it in a bunch of balls and then it blew up so it was pretty fascinating oh, cool. but uh for you when did photography come into play when did you start like capturing and documenting these places so um photography came into play prior to when i said the hobby switch from hobby to obsession mm -hmm. around covid time <laughs> Um, I have spent years uh, taking photos, like doing band photography. So like going to concerts and shows and doing live action photography. And um, so I had all the gear already. Oh. And it's just very different settings going from like low light, lots of uh, speed mm -hmm. to tripod, take your time, yeah. you know, 25 second long <laughs> shutter yeah. exposure kind of situation. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it, it kind of was always part of it. But it became, uh, I really kind of honed my skills with it because I was kind of playing around trying to figure out like why all my music settings weren't working for the first like <laughs> few months. And then I was like, oh, okay. So it took a few months to kind of really figure it out. Sure. Um, 
but they almost kind of always went hand in hand. I just got better at it as time went by. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, that's the case with anything. You know, I I just shot, I so I work for the band The Red Jumpsuit Apparatus on tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't, I've been like off the road since uh, the end of November. And so it's been a while since I've shot a show because when I'm not on the road, I don't want to like photograph shows at home. I just want to go to a show and like enjoy right. it. But last night I got a gig. So I went to a venue and shot a show and I was like, um, do I remember how to do that? <laughs> like, yeah, it takes a while. It's like your brain kind of just has to like kickstart yeah. like back into gear yeah. again and switching between shows versus urbex are like, it's the same skill, but it's utilized in very different exactly. ways. Exactly, exactly. So speaking of uh, a gear and things like that, can you recommend for new urban explorers some different gear items that you bring into these places? So like your backpack, the shoes you wear, uh, any extra kit that you have with you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it depends on like what you're trying to do. Like if you're going on a short like day trip, that's one thing. If you're looking at like a couple days on like a weekender, you're going to look for some other stuff. Um, for like the short day trip, get a flashlight. Guaranteed, get a decent flashlight. You don't know when you're going to need it. Um, I'm also like team mom for like everyone I go out with. I have a first aid kit. I have one in my car, one in my pack. Like everywhere I go, there's a first aid kit. And I've never used it on myself. I've only ever used it on everyone else with me as they're bleeding. <laughs> Um, but it's always a good thing to keep around. Um, obviously like it, camera gear, right. You want to get like an extra battery, uh, especially like if you're in a place like I am in Chicago and it's cold, the cold zaps your battery so yeah. fast. You don't want to be, you know, finally sending it into that place you've been waiting for. And then all of a sudden your battery drains out and you can't take the photos that you want. Um, and I always walk around with, um, hiking boots on mm-hmm. some sort of like actual, like tough shoe I've seen and explored with people who go out and like nikes or like vans and i'm like that's cool if it works for you but like i don't know when i'm gonna be i was just um on my last trip in like ankle deep like negative 20 degree water and i was like i really hate to be getting like my regular shoes just i mean they're not dirty it's freezing cold it's clean water but like i would hate to like walk around with like my converse and have them be like just smushy gross for like the rest of the day so i always bring um my hiking boots are on and then I always pack an extra pair just in case if I think, you know, I'm going in a place, you know, that may be a little squishy. Oh, I hate the squish. I hate it. I oh, I know. Stand the, there's <laughs> nothing worse than a squishy floor. <laughs> I know. Um, and then like with like a long trip or whatever, um, I think the best thing that I have is um, it is like a, a charger for you can like plug your like wall chargers into it but you plug it into your car so you can charge your batteries while you're driving through your car um and i've used that more times than i would like to count because something happened or i spent the night in the car instead of getting a hotel or whatever Mm -hmm. um it's it's a lifesaver again you don't want to end up with half a battery when you've got a whole day's worth of shooting yeah absolutely you don't want to sit and wait for your battery to charge there's nothing worse than like watching it and you're like it's never going to charge if you just keep staring at it kind of thing mm-hmm. and like the sun's coming up and you're like every minute is another minute i might not make it in this building yep, or so whatever <laughs> uh so speaking of like making it into buildings and things like that can you share your most creative entrance oh wow um geez let me think well i don't love like when people there's you know As we have in this community, places blow up and everyone kind of knows exactly how to go, where to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, that makes me nervous. And um, because I feel like everyone knows that's where you look. So (laughs) 
I always try to find alternate entrances, especially if we're talking about somewhere that's like um, more outdoorsy, like, oh, I don't know, an amusement park per se. Um, So I think one of them is there's an amusement park that I'm sure some people might know if I say it's up on a hill somewhere. Um, Okay. I already know it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) There's a very well-known entrance to this place and it is... um, kind of off of a major road set back a little bit everyone kind of knows like this is the way that you go and that wasn't good enough for me because I figured if everyone knows then you know who's watching me I don't know so um with the help of google maps uh satellite view I was able to find kind of a side entrance um to it where I actually had to like hike up through some brush along like a different like kind of path i guess um it's maybe like an old service road and then i had to like descend down some like limestone face and then i ended up inside but in a completely different way i think it took less time i think it probably was easier um except i ended up like slipping down half of the limestone because my foot was wet (laughs) but um i got in uh you know i started hiking it before the sun came up um and i ended up on my butt in the park as the sun was coming up, like sliding down the limestone, looking out across this like gorgeous valley view, um, knowing that at least no one saw me except for like maybe a bear or a mountain lion, <laughs> which I was able to avoid. <laughs> but it's it's one of my, I probably like sneakiest, craziest entrances, mm-hmm. but definitely like one of my favorite explorers too. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, Google Maps and, you know, finding ways in and out of places, uh, how many pins do you have on your map? Oh God, I don't even know. Um, a lot. I have a whole color coded system. And then I also um, uh, explore with uh, the group of guys that you had met mm-hmm. in Detroit, uh, Ruin Road. And I have my own map and then they have their map and I'm putting my stuff on their map. And so we have a giant map. Um, so it's it's hundreds, I mean, so cool. and it's all over the world, which is cool. Um, and they're of course color coded into all these different meanings that we have to decipher in case we forget, oh, but so cool. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. So rad. Oh my God. I love it. I love that. That was, that was a new question for the podcast. I just wanted to like start asking people like, you yeah, know, like how it. do you organize your pens? Like, do you have like folders and like colors? You know, I think it's fascinating the way everyone has their own system for like categorizing and documenting their spots. For sure. It reminds me like, I mean, all of exploring, is like inner child like stoking to me in so many yes. ways where like the pin thing and like the color coding and like secret maps mm-hmm. and don't tell anyone it reminds me of like when we would used to um i don't know if you did this but i know like maybe it's a boring kid in the midwest kind of thing but like you would write notes to your friends but you'd have to like send them the code of like circle means a <laughs> and star means b and so you'd write stuff in like a coded like note and you'd give it to them and then they would know what the code is because like you guys wrote it together the night before so then they have to decode like the note that you wrote them it's kind of like all like that all of this it's just like super like fun childish but like in a good way like undercover private eye shit it's so cool (laughs) it's so cool to me i love it i love what we do and i love how fascinating everybody is in this community um what what has been your scariest exploration experience Um, I haven't luckily had too many times where anything really crazy has happened. Um, 
I put my foot through a floor, but it was like three inches down. So it just got dusty. Like I was very lucky there. Um, But one time um, I'm really close to America's favorite abandoned city besides Detroit, Gary, Indiana. Um, And for a period of time, I was um, brave slash crazy enough to be like, I don't need anyone. I'm going to go explore all by myself all the time, no matter where I go. Um, and so I rolled into Gary on one of my days off from work and I was like, I'm going to hit up the school. Um, you know, I've been doing it before. I have like, uh, once again, this kind of Pokemon mentality of like, got to catch them all. And there's like a crap load of abandoned schools in Gary. And so I was like, I'm hitting everyone this year and that's how I'm going to handle this. And so I had my list and, um, I walked up to the school and I always carry, um, and I know some people are going to laugh at this, but like. I don't know. Like, I'm not a gun person, but I do carry bear mace on me. Like, almost everywhere I I go and explore. Um, You know, if I'm out in the woods, you need bear mace. If you're, you know, in a major metropolitan area and there's someone in the school that wants to cause you some harm, you might need a little bear mace. I don't know. (laughs) Facts. Um, But uh, so I I always keep that with me. So I brought my mace and I had my backpack, my computer, or my, um, my camera and all my gear. And I'm, you know, really like, up my own butt on this one, like walking in the school, head held high. Like I got this. It's Gary. They're never going to stop me. And, um, I get to, I'm going through the school and I just kind of wanted to like get a lay of the land, especially like when I was going out by myself a lot, I would kind of case the place first to make sure there was no one in it before I got comfy and started feeling like I could really spend some time and shoot. And so I was walking and it was just um, a middle school. So it wasn't very big, kind of a U shape. Mm -hmm. And so I walked, um, inside down the hall to the other kind of U side and I, it got really soggy and gross and I heard like water dripping and I went down these stairs right before I got into the gym and I turned around and I was like, there's a bathroom right behind me. It's not a big deal. I should just like peep in. It's always good. like every bathroom you go to in every abandoned school, I feel like almost ever is just a bunch of broken porcelain, some shattered mirrors and like some tiles falling yeah. off. Like everyone always goes after the toilets yeah. first. Yeah, they're like, fuck this shit. <laughs> Yeah, when you've got like all the Kyles and Chads like angry about something, they go with bats in like towards the toilets and I don't know why, but okay. It's so true though. And so I was like, that's what it's going to be. So I take my big light in one hand. I got my mace tucked into my pocket and uh, my camera thing is like on my strap around my neck. I take two steps in and from around the corner, a guy pops his head out and goes, hello. Oh my God, no. Yeah. And... I stepped backwards and I was like, hello. And then he steps around the corner and I see he's got at least a foot on me. Oh, and I'm a, I'm a small little person, yeah. <laughs> relatively. And so I start backing up into the kind of, um, out of the, the bathroom hallway area and more into the um, like pre-auditorium area into the, uh, before you get to the gym. And he goes, well, you know, you're not supposed to be here. And I was like, oh, well, and of course, cause I, I'm just the person that I am and I can't keep my mouth shut. I was like, for all intents and purposes, you're also not supposed to be oh, here. No, no. <laughs> you talked back to the crazy man. Yeah. And he, I saw at that point, I was like, he's probably younger than me. I'm in my mid thirties. He was probably like 26, maybe. Yeah. Um, tall guy, black sweatshirt, like, you know, seemed relatively nice, but who knows? Yeah. And then I, of course, in my head, I'm like, you're alone. You're a woman alone. You're a woman alone in an abandoned school. You're a woman alone in an abandoned school in Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Like, what are you doing <laughs> with your life oh. right now? And so um, we end up having a quick conversation. And he says um, that uh, I'm really lucky because they could be after me. He's not a bad person like the rest of them. 
and I don't know who them is at this point. Other I'm not sure if it's kind of bro. it could be or it could just be like people who hang out in schools. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and he was like, "You need to leave." And I was like, "I'm sorry. I didn't want to like mess up your day. I'm sorry." Also, like that like bathroom was like really wet. Like I was like, "Is he? Does he live there? Because yeah. this is not like the best part of the school to be living in." <laughs> I don't know. And so I just said I was sorry, and I was like, "All right, I'll head out. Not a problem." And so I walk back up the stairs, and uh, I'm holding my um, my flashlight in one hand, and I've got the mace like in my pocket with my hand on it, yeah. ready to go just in case. I also am like slowly trying to open my phone up with my thumb in case I have to like call someone. Oh my god! And I'm walking down the hallway at this time, and I hear crunching behind me, and I turn oh. around, and he's right behind me. Jesus. And I was like, oh, uh, am I getting escorted out of here? And he said, God damn right. And I was like, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and so I walk out to the entry point where I came in and uh, I was like, all right, bye. And I just kept going. I got across the street to my car and I turned around and there was this big blown out window right by where I got in. And he was in the window waving like oh. the biggest back and forth wave with this like shit eating grin on his face. Oh. And I was like, I can't tell if he was creepy or sad or like, because he was nice to me, but he was also being kind of weird to me. Yeah. Um, but at that point, I was like, okay, I like, I'm about to crap my pants. I'm so scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm oh so happy God. I got out of that. Ooh. But like, it started to change my point of view on like some of the stuff that we're doing. I mean, we're technically this is like cultural tourism, right? Correct. Like, we're going to some of these places in really bad neighborhoods mm-hmm. in areas or towns that you know have fallen apart and haven't come back. And we're taking photos of these things and we're using them, you know, for our enjoyment right. to, you know, show other people to share. We're calling it art. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I decided at that point that if I'm going to keep doing this, um, I need to do something that makes me feel a little bit more content with how, you know, I'm treating the community. So what I did right after that, because I did have the rest of the day off and I sure as hell wasn't going to be staying in Gary for the rest of that day. <laughs> um, I went out and I went and picked up like, Uh, gloves and hats and little packs of food and a bunch of paper bags, Gatorade water. And I started making packs and I just started leaving them around whenever I would go to places where I knew. It was just like, yeah, it was just places where people might stay. Or if I saw something where like someone looks like they had put their sleeping bag there, or it looks like maybe someone had been staying there recently, I'd run out to the car, grab it and just drop it off. And I had my trunk full of that for like a year and a half. Wow. Um, I should probably do that again. It was probably a lot nicer that I kept doing That's that. That's fucking cool, man. That's a, such a cool idea, actually. Like, there's so many people that squat in these places because it's safer than yeah. living on the streets. And, you know, we've I've run into my fair share of, you know, people that live in these places or are staying in there for shelter. And, you know, they're, they're often very nice. I mean, occasionally we'll run into somebody like the creepy dude you ran into but uh (laughs) i've i've been asked before like do you guys need a room for the night you know like do you need a place to stay tonight and you know we're obviously we're we're like no we're good we're just taking photos but like people are usually very kind in these places so i think that's a really cool thing to do and i think you should do that again and i think i'm gonna start doing something similar i think that's a great idea yeah and like when you're dealing with somewhere like Gary, Indiana, because I thought about it and one of my friends who would go out with me, a non-explorer kind of explorer mm-hmm. where he'd like to go out with me, but only to certain areas. Sure. Um, he was like, well, how do you know? Like if people are coming in these places all the time, you know, how do you know that like you're giving it, you're getting it, the right person's receiving it, right? right? Like right. it's not just some random person. What if it's just another explorer? And I was like, you know, Gary, Indiana has like an average income of like $20,000 right. a household. Mm-hmm. So like 
anyone from that city who receives this, if that's what they need and they want these gloves and socks and gator, just take it. Yeah. Like in comparison, like it's not that much skin off my back. Like you guys should just take it. For sure. No, absolutely. I think that's a great thing. Um, so what do you do when you're not exploring abandoned places? Like for work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like for your work or life, like what do you do when you're not doing urbex? Uh, don't tell anyone from my work, but I manage property for a living. (laughs) I'm a property manager of uh, two condo buildings in Chicago. So like in case for any reason, any of my homeowners happen to stumble upon this, I have no interest in your unit. You live there and that bores me. So don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I always think it's fascinating, like hearing what people do in their like normal life, you know, when they're not doing this. So uh, we'll make sure that none of them get a hold of this. Um, so earlier you talked about like your goal places, like always having like the next goal, the next goal, the next goal. So what now is on your bucket list? Oh gosh. Um, well, there's like, there's always new stuff, but then there's all the stuff that you didn't get from the last time that you tried to go somewhere. Like I just came back from a trip and there were three spots that I really wanted on our giant list and we didn't get into those three. And so now they haunt me. And oh. I've only been back for like a few days. <laughs> and so I'm already planning a trip back that way. Um, and man, I don't know. Like I've been to um, the Six Flags in New Orleans three times wow. since like 2012. Okay. Um, I went l- December, not this last one that just happened, but the year before that. Mm-hmm. And every year I go, it's just like further and further away from like what it used to look like. Obviously, it's yeah. just rapidly decaying. But that is a place that I could go back to like every day for the rest of my life and be totally happy. Um, it's also one where I could de- definitely name drop it on the podcast for and not sure. feel like I'm like giving away anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one for sure. There's a ton of stuff down like near New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's really great. There's a lot. Of stuff I also haven't hit in the South. Um, I've done a lot of Midwest. I started doing um, a good amount of East Coast, like New York State. I've has been well traversed this year. I've been there three times, um, and I still want to go back. There's just too much. Um, so I guess the answer is everything all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you could live in one place you've explored for a week, which place would it be? Um. Let's see. I mean, like habitat wise, I don't know. All of them are pretty sketch. <laughs> um, there's some abandoned like times capsule houses would probably be like the safest sure. I've ever been in. Um, but if it was just like pure enjoyment, um, probably, you know, there's there's a couple of asylums out east that are just really cool. And there's always like, there's they're giant giant campuses and i've explored them you know in one whole day it took me to you know 10 buildings or whatever and i know that i'm walking on power walking through the Mm -hmm. floors and sometimes there's nothing in the property or in the buildings sometimes there's a ton of stuff um i love looking at old records and unfortunately slash fortunately a lot of these places just have rooms full of records right so anytime it would be like a jail or an old asylum. I mean, you just end up finding the room where there's the old mug shots or, you know, the 
intense like psychological evaluation sheets yeah. all of that stuff anything that would have that is like where i could easily spend at least a week if not more just reading and like digesting all of the information about the patients yeah it's so wild you know like i so my mom's side of the family is uh we have like native american uh, roots and mm-hmm. we've been trying to like trace back our lineage uh you know for like a hundred years or whatever to just see like where we came from and like who who's a part of our family and all this stuff and uh so somewhere back in the family one of my relatives married into the native american tribe and then okay. that kind of started our lineage within the tribe but those documents of their marriage were burned in a court fire like a courthouse fire so it's like we lose those records and i feel like this is a similar thing like the people that were patients at these places or prisoners in these jails or whatever their records are effectively gone because they yeah. weren't taken whenever these buildings were abandoned so it's it's like they can't trace back their history so it's like i i kind of feel for those people in a way but it's it is one of those fascinating things about urban exploring is that the documents are left behind and i've always been fascinated by that Totally. It's like, it's like a pro and con, right? Like, like what you're saying, you know, for them, they're, the documents will exist, but they don't have them in their family anymore. But also from like the opposite side, there's social security numbers on there. There's actual photos of people. And some of these places, you know, if they're more recently abandoned and they were, you know, if it was a jail and they were incarcerated in like 2015, they're likely alive seven or eight Mm -hmm. years later. So I have your social security number For like sure. that doesn't. So whenever now, like someone, you know, like Visa or whatever is like, what is your social? And I was like, yeah, right. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, not happening. Not happening. <laughs> when your headquarters goes abandoned next year, yeah. someone's going to find gonna my social steal security my number. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, for real. Um, what do you hope for the future of urban exploring? Um man, this is going to be like a hot take for like half the community. Sure. <laughs> um, but like less of this instant spot sharing, mm. like less live feed, less I was just here, now it's on my Instagram. Um, I'm definitely from like the other side of the Bill community <laughs> um, where it's, I think that, you know, it's not our job to take care of these places, but if we're enjoying them, we want to be able to continue to enjoy them and ha- let other people have experiences in these places. And if we are basically selling them for likes on a social media platform, like, yeah. and something happens, like a ton of graffiti or someone lights it on fire, yep. um, all of a sudden it's really changed the narrative of how people experience that that building. Um not trying to gatekeep, not trying to like tell people what to do. But like if everyone, if you, you know, post a video of you driving to Cleveland, let's say, and then you post a video of you walking into the outside of a church, we're all very good little investigators. We'll figure out exactly where you, I mean, that's how these places you'll see one photo and then all of a sudden you'll see 14 photos the next week. Like everyone figures out where they are pretty quick by like a lighting fixture. Right. I mean, right. So, like, sit on your shots. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you want to keep doing this, it's, we, we have to, I think, understand that, you know, y- your interest in these properties should be worth more than, like, a like or a video, mm-hmm. um, you know, instantaneously. You want to put something up eventually, that's cool. That's what we're doing, right? Like, yeah. all of us are kind of guilty of what I'm saying in sure, some way, sure. including myself. Sure. 
but like five months later versus five minutes later yeah. is a huge difference I think absolutely you know I and I'm sure you can say the same I'm sure a lot of people can I post photos and videos from stuff I explored years ago you know yeah like, for sure you know it, it, especially like some of my favorite places because of the reasons you're saying you know you don't want to always blow up your spots you know because then they'll get destroyed faster or burned or whatever and it, nobody wants to see that I feel yeah and like I don't know. Again, I know it's like a hot topic. Sure. There's like a 50-50 split in the community. Yeah. But like, I don't know. We all care about this to some extent, right? We're yeah. not just doing it completely for like the high that it gives for us sure. to be in a place that we're not supposed uh -huh. to be. There's other things that come along with it, but that might be like, you know, in the background a little. Yeah. But like the more we can do to kind of include, let everyone be included in the experience mm -hmm. by making sure that the buildings aren't getting locked up almost instantaneously because, you know, you and like 25 people posted you yeah. know next minute you know whatever we can do to kind of it keeps everyone kind of more inclusive too i think of course of course and uh lastly what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started exploring abandoned places um i think it would be to well, for me, because I, I know there's like there's phone explorers and there's camera explorers when it comes to photography, yeah. right? For me, I think documenting on double sources mm -hmm. is always the best. I'm lucky I haven't had like a terrible snafu with like losing an SD card or like having a cop take one or sure. anything. But like I always snap a few photos now with my phone in case anything happens to my cards Smart. or just sometimes like. I mean, man, like these cell phones today, like they sometimes do take better photos than your camera yeah um especially if you're in like a low lighting environment there are some shots that like my iphone just takes and i'm like damn really like i have all this gear and this is what i got from my phone yeah. like so yeah i think you know kind of doubling up on your documentation for sure um and then also i i know that i should do this this is like always in the back of my head like download it to your computer and your hard drive like as fast as possible i have like nine thousand photos on my phone so i'm like definitely at fault for whatever I'm saying right now <laughs> but like save your stuff as soon as possible yeah. if you want to keep it yeah. um because I've definitely like had to eat it on that where like my phone ended up getting dropped in like a lake or something and I lost a bunch oh. of stuff that didn't make it to the cloud Damn. oh my god well hey yeah <laughs> thank you for coming on no tracers and sharing your story with everybody um if people want to keep following your journey where can they find you online um, you can find me on Instagram at all crops are bastards with periods in between. Um, it is a private Instagram, so I will have to inspect if I want to add you. Just kidding. I probably will. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. So guys, that was my episode with Kendra, aka all crops are bastards. If you want to follow her on Instagram, please do so. Her links are down in the description. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and feedback on the No Tracers podcast to help us grow in the society and culture section. If you do that, take a screenshot of it and DM it to me at no.tracers and I will send you a signed photo print for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening to another week. If you want to come on the show, you can hit me up at no.tracers on Instagram or contact at notracers.com. Go check out the website. Go check out the new YouTube channel, No Tracers Urbex. And I'll talk to you next Friday. Stay strong. Keep enduring. Go out. Go explore something. And remember, leave no trace. <laughs>